Howdy do buckaroos. Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. I am your host, Kelly Gamont. With me as always is Don Melton. Party on, Don. Party on, Garth. Thank you to Jason and everyone at Incomparable for hosting us and our madness. We are talking right now about the second season premiere, season two, episode one, Journey into Night. And we are talking about Westworld uh, on HBO. For those who, um, I would hope you would know that if you've, if you've listened to us for any length of time. Um, what else do we talk about? Yeah, you know, it's a show on HBO. Uh, we don't talk about much else, to be honest. Um, this is what we do. Um, and in fact, we love it so much that we are doing twice as many shows this time as we did last time. And the reason we're doing that is because on Sunday night, uh, we have decided that on Sunday night, we are going to do our initial reaction show, a quick uh, by our standards, short by our standards, uh, reaction to whatever just happened. Um, and then later after getting to think about it a little bit and watch the episode another time or two or six, uh, we're going to uh, give you this longer episode like we're doing now. And we're doing that because there's a difference between like what happens in like what we see in the episode uh, the first time through versus you know, with no notes and no anything and we're just sitting and enjoying it as opposed to I've seen it a couple of times and did you notice this? And, you know, the first time through, I thought this was one way, but now I think it might be the other. And sometimes that's a very different bit of op- of information to operate on. And uh, so we also get a well, chance to dig a little deeper into the stuff that is more interesting. So this is as close as you're going to get. And we get a chance to listen to other people dig deeper into it. To, yes, to this gives honest. us a chance to amass other theories as well. So <laughs> mass <that>, it is. <laughs> oh yes, especially now. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, the fans for season two are telling everybody who cranked the theory machine into overtime during season one, hold my beer because that's really well like put. we have literally one episode so far and i think we have more theorizing over this first episode than we did for all of season one put together yes yeah, on, to like on monday morning after the so episode on monday morning after the episode aired sunday night and we did the show i texted uh kelly and i i said i'm checking uh the reddit hive mind this morning and it's my best guess that they'll have the whole season plot and arc and most of the dialogue figured out by thursday uh, <laughs> yes, and I wasn't too wrong on that, uh, no. considering the shit that's been flying. And I've been pasting into um, uh, into an iMessage chat uh, for Kelly most of the first couple of days, and now uh, an iMessage chat with uh, friend of the show <laughs> Jim Truther, and boring the shit out of him because I'm retired, right? So uh, of like all sorts of crazy theories and stuff because the buzz for this show. Reddit hive mind aside, the marketing blitz for the show is just off the charts. I mean, until the Avengers Infinity War showed up last night, I mean, every media site out there had at least one story uh, for Westworld on the cover still. And, you know, we're like five days into it. So, uh, And it's everywhere. Like, that's the rest of the story is that there's so much... Uh, in such a wide variety of sources, there's interviews with all kinds of places. Yeah, and it, it and reviews because uh, 
uh, critics out there uh, got the first five episodes and, you know, they had to sign in blood not to do uh, spoilers or anything. Although apparently somebody today accidentally pressed the YouTube publish button three days too early on episode two. So I am avoiding that. I just found out about that. Oh, that's geez. a big fuck up. Yeah. I imagine by the time we get done recording the show, uh, uh, HBO will have put the kibosh on that one and had uh, YouTube pull it. Um, but I'm not going to look. Um, uh, and uh, and some of the reviewers are really taking a hard line. The great Joanna Robinson from um, Vanity Fair, you know, last year got the the four episodes ahead of time and she knew everything. And then, you know, she did the famous Decoding Westworld podcast with uh, one of her... Um, I forget who her co-host was, and they're doing a different show this year, but she intentionally didn't watch the five episodes to reviewers because she want it kind of spoiled the the experience, kind of spoiled it for her seeing four episodes. To ahead. be ahead. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so she wants to be in the dark like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so if you do have early information on you know those other four episodes one god damn you and two <laughs> keep it to yourself for christ's sake um uh, because we we Please. don't want to know we won't want to have fun and you know people say well what are you getting on the engaging the reddit hive mind tm uh and all mm -hmm. the other whack jobs online that's different they're just in the dark as we are and some of their stuff is yeah it's fun to listen to other people riff on it. Yeah. You know, I wonder if it's this or I think it's that, you know, and, and, and sometimes those are fun to read and can sort of inspire you to kind of head off that direction and see what you come up with, which is sort of what what I enjoyed. I will dip a toe into the Reddit fire hose from time to time, um, but I can't spend near as much time there as other people. My tolerance Like is... me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have that kind of I don't have that kind of tolerance or that kind of time to be honest. I so. I stupidly uh, jumped into the Reddit Westworld Slack channel. I haven't commented there, but talk <gasps> about drinking from a fire hose there. That uh, that that is crazy. Uh, but you know there are some really thoughtful, nice theories there. I I also have like one one of my Safari windows has like fifty tabs in it. Of various theories and stuff um mm. and it, it does not ruin the viewing experience for me it didn't ruin it last year because you know after mm -hmm. i watched the first two episodes it, it, it doesn't ruin it for me because what are the chance i'm just gonna like sit back and let the episodes roll over me like fuck that it's no like I, i've got to think no, about no, it no. so yeah. so this whole theory and analysis thing that's what we're doing this show right boss Yes, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and we want to take you guys along with us. So since we're starting this up this season at the beginning with the first episode, we want to walk through and we want to like have theories with all y'all. So uh, you could get us at uh, Westworld Rewind on Twitter because there was no permutation of Uncanny Valley I could get my hands on, <laughs> and. Uh, we we will be for those wondering about the rewatch episodes. Those will be coming out interspersed uh, with the others. But we want to try and make sure that we get the season two episodes out as in as timely a fashion as possible. And speaking of getting episode two season two episodes out, 
in as timely a fashion as possible, I want to take a minute and talk about the land speed record <laughs> for the season two episode one reaction show because thanks to the magic of HBO Go, we get the episode at six o'clock on the West Coast where it doesn't air on HBO until nine on the West Coast because it airs on at 9 p.m. on HBO. That's when it's on. But thanks to HBO Go, Don and I were able to fire it up at six and then freak the hell out about it from like seven to about seven thirty, and then record the the 20 ish minute show um and get it out before the season two premiere was done airing on the west coast and i am very impressed with the amount of conversation limiting that we had to do in order to make that happen because we could have talked about it for the two hours at the time and still oh, come yeah, back today yeah. and done another and, two hours. And hour I'm show. impressed that you, you managed to, you know, you, you cranked the machine that quickly, Kelly. That's, <laughs> and I have had people that I don't even know very well comment through other people. Uh, like one of my sister's friends, uh, one of her business partners was like, Hey, did you know your brother was on a show that was out about season, uh, you know, the premiere for season two of Westworld before it was actually over. How the hell did he do that? <laughs> And so uh, it's like that that was Kelly doing that. And she was the <laughs> one she was the one cracking the whip too. I, I mean, seriously, I had I'm an old guy and I barely had enough time to pee before we started recording. <laughs> so and then like you can look at the 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 message record like, you know, of the chat like while we're talking and I'm typing him in all caps, eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Four minutes, and I'm go, going go, like, go. I'm going, you're going down a rat hole. Oh, shit. I'm going down a rat hole. You know. I so. know. Can we talk about this for just a second? It's been two minutes. Go. <laughs> so we have a little bit more time this time. So uh, we are going to just uh, ramble, start chatting and see where we end up. So I have a theory. Let's just start with the the opening. Bang. Uh, I, re I like the new intro. It's very interesting. Uh, like the you, I was sad to see the eye. Yeah, the mother and child intro and the eye. Yeah, the mother and child and the buffalo instead of the horse. And I was sad to see the eye go. But one of the things that was interesting to me about it is that um, uh, we still have some Dolores in it. Because remember, we were told that the woman on horseback in season one is supposed to be Dolores. Yes. And uh, so and it they was... created that before they had uh, apparently her full look done so it looks kind of like Dolores at the mm -hmm. beginning of season two so it's kind of odd that they would cut it out now yeah it's Dolores-ish kind of at yeah. the in the but she's still sort of show. in there isn't she yeah because there's we still get the long blonde hair that's being manufactured which I thought was very cool and I don't know why the buffalo the bison is falling I have a theory on that Kelly would and you like I to would hear love my... to hear it Yes. My my theory is that the buffalo is falling to it's a uh it's an analogy, you know, back in the old west the the buffalo ruled the plains and mm -hmm. when um uh and not just white man, it wasn't just the evil white man, you know, me personally. It wasn't just the evil white man that did this, but uh Native Americans actually assisted in this. They basically winnowed the buff, uh, the buffalo. And by the way, it's technically not a buffalo; it's a bison. You know, bison, yeah. bison, right? Uh, down to uh, basically the size of a cocktail party. You know, the herds. And so, this idea of extinction and how that relates to either 
the host or humans collapsing, going down a hole, oh. is the whole buffalo thing. The other okay. thing, besides the mother and child and the mother who looks distinctly like Maeve to me, me and too. somebody pointed out that Maeve is only two letters off uh, the name Eve, which yes. until Wednesday of this week had never fucking occurred to me. You'd think I would have <laughs> thought of that by now. Uh, the other thing that I thought were two other things in the new intro uh, video that I thought was interesting was using uh, the man in black's hat to create an eclipse, you know, as if we're seeing yes. something. The, the man in black's hat was, was a thing that I was very interested in. Because it's all, it's sort of rotating or falling as well. And then it becomes like almost a world eclipsing the sun. Mm -hmm. Then there's this thing where we have the host that looks kind of like the Vitruvian man, you know, in the circle from last year, but it's mm -hmm. going into water. Which, uh, when mm -hmm. we get through the rest of the analysis there, the whole flood of water will be very significant. But there's an interesting thing somebody pointed out on Reddit. I didn't think of this. But there's a halo of light behind the head of the host in there. And in many cultures, particularly Indian cultures, uh, and I'm talking about Eastern India, you know, India mm -hmm. and, uh, and um, Bangladesh and, you know, uh, places like that, this halo of light around the head, especially in Eastern religions and, and stuff, is like um, represents the soul or consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Yes. Uh, the symbolism is, uh, is uh, very interesting. One other note is every, uh, several other people have commented on this, and I thought this the first time I th uh, watched it through, and then a really... A uh, nice person whose name I can't remember right now on um, Twitter uh, posted a video for us uh, comparing side by side uh, the season one credits season two, and it and I thought this the first time I watched it, but it, I confirmed it. The piano playing, you know, white host hands, the hands. Yeah, they they got buff for season mm -hmm. two. They're like thicker and more articulated. So what the I hell's up with that? I have a theory about that. Would you oh. like to hear it? Yes, I would like to hear that, Kelly. I think this one is, I think the hands in season two's open are, are drone host hands. Fuck me. <laughs> I, th I think you're totally right. You know, by the way, Kelly and I had a conversation last night where we were comparing notes to prepare for the show. <laughs> and we had so many fuck me mom moments where we just, uh, we pulled the rug out from uh, each other. You were saving this one, though, for me today on the show, weren't you? <laughs> yes. Evil, twisted person, you. <laughs> that, well, is totally, to... that is totally what it is. It's the drone host, isn't it? Those... I think so. Yeah, because those... it, it's, a new, it's a new set of hands, and why else would we have new hands? And, you know, again, no frame wasted, all that kind of stuff. Um, I th that's my uh, take on it, is I think, I think that's... That's what we're getting because that's sort of the, well, the new they character show, we've been introduced to. Yeah, they can't show the whole uh, drone host in the credits because that would give it away the surprise later in the episode. And if right. you did, everybody would be crawling back over their chair because they're they are Terrifying. they are the definition of creepy as fuck. I mean. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! They were I um yeah I don't have words for them, but I'm like. 
they are terrifying. Like, I don't have anything better than just the, ah, because ah, ah, that's how it, like, every time one of them shows up, like, the one that stands in front of Bernard and just stops. Yeah. Just, ah, yeah. I couldn't. I, I, I certainly hope it. they don't they don't waste the drone hoes by making it commonplace because it's like you know the shark in jaws you don't want to see we it already, too many times yeah. yeah we already know they're not yeah so I don't want to spend this season hanging out with them the whole time yeah so yeah. so yeah. so anyway uh, uh, if we remember because Jim just pasted it into the our iMessage chat uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll include in the show notes that uh, comparing the two. Um, uh, the two title sequences from season one, season two. The music mm-hmm. is exactly the same, thank God. Because don't, don't you ever fuck with my ramen jawadi, okay? No, or just don't be fucking with that. Uh, so uh, it makes me wonder. Like I, I told uh, Kelly the other day, it makes me wonder what the hell they're going to do for season three with the credits. Somebody yeah. had a theory on Reddit that uh oh god i gotta find this real quick because it was just priceless here that the um, well while you talk about it i want to say that it was interesting to me in the open that we got humans because there's no humans in the season one open but the season two open has william's hat and he's human and it's very obvious that it's a black hat and so far so far in season one, where I know we're only one episode in, but nobody's wearing a black hat. Like, you know, Dolores has maybe a metaphorical one at best. Angela's wearing a crown of thorns, but that's all we got. Right. And right. so when you see a black hat, at least from from here, the beginning of the season, all we have to, to tie to that is the man in black. So... It's a human component that has crept into the opening credit sequence, which I thought was sort of interesting because well, that's what I'm bringing to it. And by the way, why don't you why don't you go down and your uh, and I completely agreed with you. We were we were trying to talk over ourselves last night that the <laughs> the MIB will become the MIW. Why don't you riff on that? Yeah, because this so, is so important. And I was so is... surprised that you thought exactly the same thing I did when we were talking. <laughs> Because it doesn't happen all the time because usually one of us goes, well, I think it's this. And then the other one goes, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and we were both basically saying the same thing, which is um, it, so if you think about uh, William, who we know becomes the man in black. And if you think about him in in this as a character, if you think about him as as the two different eras of his life. We are going to see William, young William. Um, we've seen him start down the road to become the man in black, the the bad guy, you know, the big bad, I guess, really, of, of season one. And so we are going to see him continue down that road, and we're going to see the journey that William takes that eventually turns him into the man in black. And at the same time, we are going to see the opposite from the man in black. We're going to see the man in black, now that the stakes are real and now that he has his own game to play that we're going to talk about in a little while because he basically is just straight up told because <laughs> Fordbot comes and tells him, this is my game and uh, it's this one actually is for you. You know, thanks for ruining it for everybody. But the stakes are real now because that's what you've wanted. So here you go. And we're going to see the man in black 
go from wherever wherever he's at now because we don't really know a whole lot about where he is but we're gonna see him from that terrible place that he's been where his wife killed herself on purpose and his daughter knew it and his daughter pushed him away and said that they were afraid of him for all his life and that like everything he knew was wrong and he came here just to see if he had any feelings left and he didn't and remember angela called him an animal and he said no an animal would have felt something Right, so we're and gonna see. This is we're the gonna redemption see that story. guy turn into. We're gonna see that guy go from there to somehow finding or making his own redemption and taking the opportunity to redeem himself and become the man in white and sort of go back to being a good guy and finding that original like kernel of William from season one, the the good guy that he was and the good guy that he ultimately could become. Yeah, that, that is, at his heart, he's, he still is that person, a person with mm. hope and a, a person who believes. I mean, obviously he loves stories, right? So he's a geek. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's totally a redemption story. My only fear is they, they, they don't kill off, and Harris at the end of season yes. two, because Jesus, they killed Anthony Hopkins. What the hell's the matter with you? Um, uh, but obviously, he came back and uh, re- uh, did some voiceover recording for the uh, the brilliant um, uh, Young Ford thing. And they had for to kill. Ford. By the way, they had to kill Young Ford because they could barely make the actor look like he was. 10 years old again because anywhere near yeah yeah, because he's obviously going through puberty so they have to kill him off now which makes me wonder what the hell they're going to do to Maeve's daughter and Lawrence's daughter no Lawrence's daughter is the one that I'm worried about (laughs) well she was she was creepy at 10 years old can you imagine what how I know how she's not going to be any less creepy when she's eye level like that's just a bad scene yeah yeah no 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 kidding uh, so, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, I wanted to, before we go into some of the theories or in case you missed it, talk briefly about time periods and not timelines. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> just as a frame of res- reference, uh, you know, Nolan and Joy are doing it to us again and they're kind of telegraphing it, uh, that some things are happening in the past, some things are happening in the present, and some things might actually be happening in the future. We don't know yet, although we get a few frames here and there, uh, which seem to say future. But the past is clearly, you know, for example, uh, after the uh, titles, you know, we have De- uh, Dolores um, and... Uh, and, uh, uh, and Arnold... Uh, with what we think is 35 years ago, uh, we have uh, the um, uh, Bernard and Charlotte, the uh, the gala aftermath. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I screwed up the uh, notes here. I stuck those in the wrong. Well, section. I think we have a couple, and then we have the different timelines there because we have like the day, like the day after, and maybe the two days after the gala, which is what we see. Yes. Which is which is part of what we see in this episode, but then we have sort of the Bernard wakes up on the beach timeline, which is, you know, uh, about two weeks or so later. We think yeah. um, it's about two weeks after. The only the only number we get for sure is eleven days and nine hours. 
uh, after the Ghost Nation guy uh, is killed. And we don't know how long it was between the time that Dolores shot Ford and Dolores shot the Ghost Nation Brave. Right. We don't know how long that gap was. Right. We're going to find out it was a year or something. I'm convinced. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's more to that story. Yeah, they're screwing with us. And we're pretty sure the man in black, because he gets up from some dead hosts, that's going to be the morning after the gala. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not sure when exactly Maeve, Lee, and Hector in um, the Mesa are happening, because obviously right. it's after the bloody uh thing happening in the control room but we also get a glimpse uh after the intro with Dolores and Arnold when we think Bernard is having his flashbacks we see Bernard sitting down and holding his head and he's in the middle of that ruckus in the control it looks like the control room the red background everything else how the fuck could he be there and also be you know, in the barn with Charlotte, uh, right. the, uh, the night of the gala. So the, there's something going on and, you know, Nolan and Joy are fucking with us. And then we have the present day time, we at least we think it's present day time, when Bernard wakes up on the beach. We see Rebus again being protective of women when we see him, you know, in the we aftermath. see him protecting a host. We don't see him protecting a, a guest, guest. No, which is why I think that's a distinction. Right. And unfortunately, they shoot him. And Rubis is one of my favorite characters. But, but I have a lot of favorite characters. And then we have possibly the future with that scene with Dolores and Bernard. Dolores in the black dress. She's smiling, walking ahead of uh, Bernard. He's smiling. But then again, that could be in the past. That could be Arnold. We have no fucking clue as to what that is. And the thing to keep in mind with this is that Nolan especially loves to fuck with time. And you can tell he's almost telegraphing it when Bernard wakes up on the beach because this is how I did the fuck me thing to (laughs) Kelly last night. I said, Kelly, did you realize... That opening on the beach is almost a shot-for-shot homage to the beginning of Inception. Oh, my God. His brother, thank you. Yeah, I'm (laughs) like, no, wait, (laughs) but, like, you could hear it. You could hear my brain, like, chunking through it. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, it was, whoa. So, first of all, for people who don't know, um, uh, Jonathan Nolan's brother is Christopher Nolan, who you may know from Inception. Yeah, who's so, the director and yeah, co-writer yeah, of Inception. So, yeah, no. Uh-huh. Um, so that was that was uh, very interesting to me. But the thing that I thought was funny was how in that moment, because um, uh, it's not a big moment, but they're like, uh, it's Stubbs that picks him up in the nice shout out to season one, episode one. Uh, you're going to shoot the boss. Yeah. And then he, he pulls, helps, you know, pick Bernard up off the beach, dust him off a little bit and says, how fucking long have you been out here? And I thought that was a very interesting question. Well, the, well, the so. question is, is do they, does he really think Bernard's been out there for 11 days? The other thing is also, you know, Bernard gets up on the beach. Ford gave him an, an obsession about those fucking glasses like Arnold had. Why the hell mm-hmm. doesn't he pick up the glasses? There's a glass next to uh, Bernard on the beach 
is it a wine glass? It doesn't. I went back and looked at episode 10 from season one and even the footage that they interspersed later on from the gala thing. That doesn't match the glasses that were used on the tables at the gala. What the mm-hmm. fuck is going on there? Right? Well, I also think in that specific case, um, I think he just didn't wake up in time. I Because you see his glasses sort of wash out to sea. And then there's like a whole nother wave before he starts to wake up and kind of look around. Yeah. Maybe there's so maybe there's I have to a that. hunch he just missed it. Right. But but if Stubbs thinks Bernard is out there on the beach for that long, why didn't he like offer him medical attention or like a glass well, of water or a sandwich or something? Right. Well, we don't know what happened because there's a there's a jump, I think, between like the end of that moment and the cut next you know where um they're in the the dune buggies or whatever they are um i think he probably did you know run him through some some checks you know like vaguely and like probably just asked him are you okay and he was like yeah and what i wondered when he said how long how the fuck like how fucking long you been out here i wondered if what he meant basically was not mesa right like outside you know not oh that's uh that's that's what I assume because uh, yeah. he, he he assumes that Bernard was at the gala, but they're not at the gala site right now. They don't go to that until Ew. toward the end of the episode. So right. what do they think has been going on out here? That that's the whole see the that's the whole thing I want to point out by the Inception like opening is <laughs> if you remember from Inception the opening where um um uh the uh, the character op- opens up there. That actually happens at the end. Of, you know, if you want to go chronologically, at the end of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and are they doing that same kind of thing here? The other thing that they they were doing in Inception is it's all about dreams. So, mm-hmm. is Layers this a is this a dream that Bernard is having? Is this a memory? Because we see him jump cutting through memories from the past and the future right before he wakes up. The other thing that's never explained is where the fuck was Stubbs after he got clever girl ambushed at the end of episode eight? You know, the last time we saw Stubbs, he wasn't in the finale. You know, it was two episodes late. He was getting captured by the Ghost Nation, so... What the hell's up that, mm-hmm. with that? And, you know, as soon as I thought thought about that when I was on my, like, third or fourth rewatch, it also pissed me off. Where the hell is Elsie? You know, because we know Shannon Woodard, yeah. Woodward is back, so. No, we, 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 get, we get her in episode two, because remember, we <laughs> or, really didn't You wrote the much... notes here, or there will, there will be a fan uprising, <laughs> which I'm just yes. reading now. <laughs> it will be exactly like the robot uprising that we're watching on the show but it'll be reddit yeah yeah wow yeah that, they would come with torches and you know <laughs> and, yes. and railroad ties for nolan and joy if shannon woodward is not back for real yeah so it's all sorts of questions there but i also want to point out that bernard Unlike later in the episode, which actually we think takes place earlier because it's the night of the gala and afterwards, Bernard does not have the scar on his temple from when he shot himself at the end of episode nine Mm -hmm. uh, and damaged his cortical shield, according to Felix Lutz. 
and he doesn't have the trembling right hand, although he sometimes looks down on it and it's obvious it's not trembling like it does in the other parts of the episode that, you know, the night of the gala. So did he get cured by now? Is he completely cured? Why is he still having problems remembering? I mean, there are all I'm, kinds of oh. theories on this on Reddit, and some of them are so fucking out there. It's like, Well, my theory is that um, he is aware that he's having some sort of issue, you know, because we see him, like, do the scan when they get into the secret... Uh, the the secret access point, you know, where Charlotte puts on her Han Solo outfit. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in the so the, the day after the gala, he knows that he has that. Yeah, but he... I think that's temporary, and I think I think that's why he checks his hand because I think his hand is like the first like now that he's got it figured out. I think his hand having the yips is like the first sign that he's in Ooh. trouble and he needs to go get another oil change. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, oil chain. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to... I think everybody needs to follow Kelly on this. I think she's right on this one. <laughs> just, I'm just I, I just working the whole thing in the, you know, the equation in my head. Had to, like, uh, you know, carry the two. And yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, you're right. So It feels like that's what... It, it feels like a check. Like, a, it's, it's his piece of paper. Right. So, you know, this is my reality right now. Like, I know, I know that this is... The before time, because my hand oh, is in jittery. Oh, oh, oh. oh it's, it's, it's like you said last night. It's his Inception totem. Yeah, it's his spinning top. Yeah. yeah, it's his spinning top. All right, so the other theories we have in this whole crazy wake up on the beach thing, because then he meets Strand, <laughs> and he does this weird thing where he finishes Strand's sentence. And oh, my God. I am so nah by that. Yes. Yeah, this was uh, this was one where... I gave Kelly an oh fuck moment because she, you missed that in the first watch, right? Like I wasn't really paying attention. And then the second time through, I'm like, why did they both say it at the same time? Yeah. Right. So, and then, but before that happens and a little bit after that happens too, you see the uh, hosts on the beach, Rebus being one of them being shot and killed. Mm -hmm. But if you go back through and somebody on Reddit did this, I have this open in another window, went through painstakingly, Uh, And showed that they're kind of killed out of order and some coasts are killed again. So are these continuity errors? Did the editors, did the director and editors fuck up here? No. Or what the hell are no, no, of course they didn't, right? This is not a, Westworld, they don't make production errors of that kind. I mean, it goes down to the style of lettering is not a protection error on differences. So the question is, is why are these inconsistencies happening in the background? Why is Bertrand, uh, Bernard repeating, finishing strand sentences? The th- some of the theories out there are that Bernard's in a loop, that Strand and even Stubbs and everybody else knows that he's a host and they're staging everything here. Oh my God, he's the- a rat in a maze? Yeah, he's a rat in a maze and... See, but I'm not quite buying that because if they want either. information out of him, why don't they do to Bernard they can what they did to the ghost? They take it out of him. Yeah, yeah, they do to the Ghost Nation Brave, and they can play out his whole memory. So staging an elaborate thing like that doesn't make sense because 
if if it's staged, then all the other uh, characters who act totally surprised, they're better. The characters are better actors than the actual actors are portraying yeah. them, right? So that wouldn't make any sense to me. It's, I don't think it's staged. I think there's something else going on. Something's going on, but I don't know what. And I think that in this specific case, I think um, uh, oh, I don't even remember what it is that he says. Um, less than optimal or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like whatever that is, less than ideal. Um, I think maybe Delos, maybe not just Delos, but maybe Strand just says that a lot. Right. And so it could be no, it could be no more complicated than something that you hear people say all the time. Like if I meet somebody in person and they go, how do you do buckaroo? Like, I yeah. would expect that. Like, right. I mean, if you said that to me, I might be a little bit surprised, but, but it's a thing I say a lot. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't be like the weirdest thing that ever happened. Right. So I wonder if maybe it's just something that maybe Delos people say, and that's where it's coming from. I don't know. Um, but I wonder if something like that is going to have a very simple explanation, like, well, Strand says it all the time because he's a security guy. And so whenever he has to get involved, circumstances are less than ideal. And maybe Bernard like, has met him before. And he's right. That we don't know Bernard how long and... their relationship is. Yeah, right. Because, you know, like we only know all we really know about Bernard is that he has been there some unspecified period of time. Because Probably we don't really know anything days. about, yeah. <sighs> well, we don't know anything about Bernard's age. Right. We know that he's supposed to look about as old as Arnold was, yeah. but we don't know anything about like how long has Bernard had a Delos badge? How long has he been the head of behavior? How long has any of this been going on? We don't know. So we don't know if Bernard is like has been in his head of behavior loop for a year or two or 20. We're not sure. We know that the first time he was created was many years ago because we see a much uh, younger version of Ford, but not the real young version of Ford. Right. Uh, Medium Ford. Yeah. Medium (laughs) Ford. Yeah. Medium Ford. Uh, It's uh, yeah. It's more, more of a Ford Fiesta than a Taurus. Um, (laughs) You know, create him and wake him up off the table. Uh, And so what the hell's up with that? And then the other thing is, you know, talk about weird theories off the side, you know, like, you know, people Mm -hmm. have like, this is a virtual world they're walking through. I'm not buying any of that. I'm also not buying the theory that this is not Bernard that works, uh, wakes up off the beach. It's not really Abernathy in Bernard's body. I'm just, you know, that would be too weird. It's not Teddy in Bernard's body. Uh, cause the reaction of like looking at himself would be even weirder. I think it really is Bernard. Uh-huh. I think it's what, uh, Nolan and joy and Jeffrey Wright has said that Bernard is, you know, there's something wrong with him this season. And like you said, Kelly, there's something still wrong with him even at this point and that he's not a reliable narrator. So maybe right. he's remembering this whole instance of waking up on the beach wrong and that's where mm-hmm. you get the inconsistency of what happened to the hosts and him time slipping. Because after, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, we see the video from inside the uh, the Ghost Nation Brave's brain of Dolores in, you know, this is the first time we see her in, you know, Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now mode. Yeah. 
uh, you know, full full on Wyatt uh, and saying, um, you know, uh, you can't uh, you can't join us in the uh, what is it? The Valley Beyond, you know, not every. Yeah, the Valley Beyond. The Valley Beyond or make the journey as Rebus uh, says later in the episode. What the fuck is up with that? So I think that it's really Bernard, but. You know, which one? I also don't think it's another copy of Bernard because we know that from some of the season previews, you know, we see that thing in some cinder block room where Charlotte is there and there's a whole array of Bernards and including an older model with the the pop open face, uh, you know, that Mm -hmm. always creeps uh, me out. I don't think it's another one of these as one uh, Redditor coined the term, one of these nard dogs. Um out there, which I thought was a great term. <laughs> Kelly's having a seizure. I love now. it so much. Yeah, Kelly's having oh a seizure. Oh my god, again. that was so good. Yeah, uh I don't think it's another one of these nard dogs. I, I think it's really uh Bernard because if you start adding in all that stuff, it complicates it too much, right? You know, normal people can't piece it together again. But obviously something is up, so they're fucking with us. It but it goes back to the uh and you made this note the intro where we think it's Dolores and Arnold from 35 years ago. But the creepy thing about that is, and Kelly didn't notice this the first time she watched it and stupid me being the video guide. I didn't notice it the first time either. It took me the second time. (laughs) That whole section is letterboxed. It's not full frame 1080p like everything else. It's letterboxed. Uh, Dolores looks a little different. She looks a little over made up. No, I love, I noticed it, but I couldn't figure out, I knew it was different and I couldn't figure out why. And that's what it is, is that that's letterboxed. Right. Where the rest of the episode is not letterboxed that way. Right. And, and the other thing is the, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like Arnold's interviewing Dolores. It's almost like Dolores nope. is interviewing Arnold, right? She's and every time him. Kelly watches this, the, the bullshit meter gets, you know, starts pinging the end. You know, you're, you're <laughs> starting to peek out, right? And it's the same thing that happened with me, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. there's something up there. Is that really Arnold? Is this Bernard? Is this actually taking place in the missing 11 and a half days? And Yes. And I, I think so because of his outfit and because the end of it is him flashing back through the other stuff. Right. So I think so. So it's not really Arnold. They're just doing that to us because we were so used to it in season one, that being Arnold. Mm. Okay, it could very well be because, and remember, in the rewatch shows, I warned everybody, they'll be fucking with us. Oh, yeah. And you can take that one to the, take that one to the bank. Now, let me, um, let me pop in here. There's this whole thing um, with a uh, interview that came up with Jeffrey Wright this week that was published in Esquire. I can put mm-hmm. the link if you want the uh, the show notes where uh, they were interviewing Jeffrey and they said, uh, you notice some clues in the first season that directly point to themes in season two. And I'm going to I'm going to quote this here. And Jeffrey said, yeah, I went back and watched the pilot a couple of months ago because I was anxious to see the show. But also because after I finished the second season, I want to go back and look where we'd begun. Uh, huge evolution in characters and performance, blah, blah, blah. But in going back, I discovered there are some flashing neon breadcrumbs that have been invisible to my eye in the first reading, performing and watching of the episode. In fact, oh my God. there's a scene 
which I think may be the first scene that we shot for the pilot that speaks to the overarching scene of season two. And I looked at that and I was like, these clever bastards. Oh, my God. So the question is, what scene does he mean? Now, the folks at AV Club think he's talking about the scene at the end of episode one, you know, the original, where Jeffrey Wright as Bernard whispers to Lewis uh, Hertham uh, as, uh, you know, playing yeah. a naked and lobotomized Peter Abernathy. Uh, you know, but that doesn't make sense because there's no dialogue in that scene. And in fact, that scene, uh -uh. they they changed the dialogue during the filming of it. Um, yeah. But, but they're basing, you know, the fact that there's a bad screen grab where it looks like there's a scar on Bernard's head then. But it, it's not really. I went back and played the you know, the Blu-ray up close and everything. It's all bullshit. Um, <laughs> and that was Lewis Hertham's first scene, certainly, but I don't think it was Jeffrey Wright's. I think he mm -hmm. had, he had other, he had scenes, um, uh, with, um, Anthony Hopkins first. So yeah, I think it's a completely different scene. So folks turn with me now to hear the words mm -hmm. of our Ford from book one, <laughs> chapter five, Verse 129. <laughs> and he saith unto Bernard, But of course we've managed to slip evolution's leash now, haven't we? We can cure any disease, keeping even the weakest of us alive. And you know, one fine day, perhaps we shall even resurrect the dead, call forth Lazarus from his cave. Do you know what that means? It means that we're done, that this is as good as we're going to get. It also means that you must indulge me the occasional mistake. As far as I'm concerned, that's got to be the scene. Because mm. if there's anything they could, like, say where we're going here and what mm -hmm. could be the twists and turns, that would mm -hmm. be the clever bastard scene to me. I don't know if I'm mm -hmm. right, but I'm, you know, I'm going to stake, stake it on there. Well, the thing that, that I think about um, in you know sort of what are we doing in this particular in this particular stretch and what are we going to see you know in season two um the the first thing that comes to my mind is that ford is still a player in this story mm, even yeah. though uh, because i have a theory about where we see him where we see his influence in the season two premiere even and i don't mean the part where we see what's left of him on the stage i mean the actual him and here's Which, my theory by the way talk about gross out i mean that was like oh my peter, god that was peter jackson quality gross out it, i was pretty impressed like yeah. like from a from a from a from a practical effect standpoint because all i could think of was um that there was somebody involved with the show that had to have him come in and like have them do, you know, the rubber cast of his face. Anthony uh, Hopkins. Yeah. 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 Excuse me, sir. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, we would like to have you come in so we can make a cast of your face so that uh, we can run some tests on it and, and, and make sure that we have something convincing when somebody rolls your body over after two weeks in the sun, when someone blew your head open. Yeah. And maggots come out of your left eye. Yeah, we'd like to have maggots coming out of the exit wound, if that's okay with you. You know, like, and, I just can't imagine having to be the person who has that conversation with Anthony the, Hopkins. 
And considering some of the shit that Anthony Hopkins has posted on uh, Twitter lately, crazy shit, he was probably like, okay. <laughs> he was into it. Yeah. Do you need me to help? Like, yeah. Um, so so, so you, my th- here is your theory that you think we're going to see another version of Ford coming back? No, I think we've already, I think, I think we've, I don't think we've seen the last of him because I think we got a small dose of him in this episode because I think, and I, and I don't mean robot Ford. I think somehow Charlotte was talking to some sort of construct that Ford built for her to talk to. I think he knew exactly what she was up to. I, I don't know agree if, because when she's typing into the machine, when they get into uh, what is it? Uh, blah, 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 blah. The access point. Uh, access point 14, right? Because it's the, yeah. the 14 on the door. When she's typing in there. Because to me, the reason why that is, is because Carl Strand tells Bernard and um, and Stubbs, you know, we haven't heard from anybody. You know, there's been a communications blackout for like mm-hmm. two weeks. So if there's a communications blackout, who the fuck is Charlotte talking to at Delos? She's talking to Ford. Yeah. I'm convinced. Now, is it really him? No. But I think he has I think he has a finger in everything there, whether anybody knows it or not. Um, he probably had access to the Ghost Nation. Um, because I have a whole theory about those guys. And Okay, I that's think, next. <laughs> and I think that um well, it, part of it is because it helps me figure out why they're so goddamn creepy. Um, so this I think that I think that remember uh, Ford told Stubbs that we could automate a certain amount of the security because you know we're understaffed and whatever. And remember, I I said it was um, it felt a little bit like shade towards Stubbs that. He was like, I could basically replace a bunch of you with a computer. Yeah. With, like, the right program. So I felt like he was dismissing him a little bit, but I also felt like we were being told something as as the audience because I think he automated some stuff, and I think one of the things that he automated was was uh, Charlotte's secret red phone to the commissioner, you know, um, <laughs> whatever that was supposed to, you know, whoever she was supposed to be talking to, I think now, he now is now the person who was the in charge of all of that. Sign, uh, uh, <laughs> sound effect from like the 1960s uh, television show. Thanks a lot, Kelly, for that. So, do you, do you think? <laughs> Remind uh, me to send you that ringtone later. Yeah, thank but, you, thank um, you so much. I know I think, you will. So, do you think, think the Ghost he... Nation is at uh, has been engineered by Ford, and he's the one who captured Stubbs? to protect him so he could use him later on? Well, before we even get that far, I think that somehow Ford knew exactly what they were up to with Peter Abernathy and that the reason that we're so excited, the reason I am now so excited about Lewis Ortham coming back is because I want to find out what happened to Abernathy because I think Ford, I don't think Ford was done with him once Oh no! Once no, they I took him to Cold Storage. So I think there's interaction there. And also, um, now, Ford's the know, chess master. He, he has like pre-planned all of this stuff. He right. knew where it was so going to go. He so I think that he somehow also got wind of um, the satellite broadcasting and all of that. You know, yeah, uh, he, with the he, with the crazy shit in the arms. He knew that was happening. 
he you know ford's got to know what's going on inside of access uh point 14 with the drone hosts oh yeah he absolutely knows as he said repeatedly you know he built everything in this. everything remember he he like stares Teresa down and says Oh yeah, he's in total Hannibal Lecter mode there when he leans in. Oh my god, it was terrifying. Okay, so my my theory about the the Ghost Nation is perhaps I like the idea that perhaps they um perhaps he was in charge of them, but my initial thought about uh, the the ghost nation is that they are somehow in park security but they're like run by someone else like Stubbs isn't in charge of them like I just assume Stubbs is the head of security so um because we never see him really report yeah, yeah, to yeah. anybody he's like an equal with like Teresa and Bernard as the heads of their other departments so I feel like they're somehow like Delos's people in the park because like everybody's afraid of them and when they show up like you know behaviors change and different things and remember there's a point where we hear um because we know they can boss them around from that red control center there in the mesa because somebody says um other host intercepts have failed you know when when Maeve is going off the rails so we know that they they can Which have we know hosts. Is the mesh network now too as well. Right. So they're hue bulbs, which I thought <laughs> yeah. was kind of interesting. Um, mostly because I want to find out how they keep that network running because like my hue lights are a disaster about forty percent <laughs> of the time, and I spend a lot of time in rediscovery. But, so but, by the way, just so the listeners may not know this, uh, th- this woman is a home automation geek of just <laughs> an incredible magnitude and you know if you think i'm boring when i talk about transcoding and crazy well you you have to be careful if you open up the line of questioning with home automation and Kel- uh, and kelly so yeah hey kelly what kind of stuff at your house can oh you run with gosh. your phone get comfy <laughs> yeah uh, yeah don't don't ask that question if you don't have a place to sit nearby um so uh, like, I thought I thought the mesh network was super interesting. Like, I thought that was also a very practical, understandable piece of technology to lay on. And you personally wanted it for your house. And then, well, and and then I was like, I need you to tell me what the magic is in your mesh network because my mesh network can't make it from the basement to the fucking garage because yeah. I've got a door lock that keeps dropping off the network and I really can't figure out why. So anyway, that's the story for another day. But it's a very practical piece of technology it's a very understandable piece of technology it's not you know the mysteries of how you get something that looks very much like a functioning human being by screwing some little white hunk of plastic into the center of what looks like a person's head you know like it was a but, very by the way, did you think it was odd nice that charlotte thing. did not know about the mesh network before that she knew about the host brains all the other stuff but it's like Charlotte. She knew no- about the fucking drones and that they're taking DNA from people. But then she's like, "Mesh network, blah." Yeah. Like I thought. So so I wonder so if there are silos to thing. her. Yeah, there's silos to her knowledge of how Westworld works, how the parks work. Yes. And she doesn't know and anything. 
And while we're talking about crazy ass theories, let's talk for a minute about how I might have been right that the maze inside everybody's scalp is an antenna. Oh what? yeah, I think you were totally right because the I was very excited the, to see. What's that. the text name played by Ferris? Ferris? Oh Christ, I can't think of. Uh, I can't remember uh, if they said. Yeah, uh, Costa Antoine Costa. Right. Okay. I had to look at. I, I've got the Wikipedia pages open for everything, folks. That's how I, <laughs> I have to do these shows. So, uh, so he was like, "What the fuck is that?" You know, like, and, yeah, and he's nobody like, I knows, don't know. right? And Bernard didn't say anything either. You know, it makes right. me wonder. Is like that's the first time, um, but the only time we see those things are on the native. You know, it was uh, Kissy, Kissy, who's na- native. Yeah, he's supposedly a, a Native American half corn husker as the bartender, yeah. who's later new. Which is Peter why he gets Abernathy. searched every time he leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's later. Yeah, that guy. So anyway, I, I I'm totally buying. It's an antenna. I mean, I bought into this the first time you brought it up in the first watch <laughs> we did. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm on the ship with Kelly on that one. That's like, it's got to be that. But I liked, well, and I liked, part of the reason that I like that theory is because it also gives us a little bit of insight in that um, if it is the thing that allows you to that allows Bernard to track them from the other computer that he had to go to the other sub basement to get. Yeah. Where he could see other people, where he could see like the olden hosts and all of that. Um, if it, if it's the technology that enables that to happen, that also tells us that the ghost nation has been around a very, very long time because remember that's like the old GPS tracking system for the hosts. Right. So that tells us that in essence, as long as we have had a West world, we have had a ghost nation. Well, and I thought that that was a very interesting piece of information because we have so few pieces of information about the Boba Fett's of Westworld. <laughs> yeah, like what they, they don't, they don't but, fucking but... talk. They, all they do is like, all they do is like show up and like fuck shit up and they don't even have to do anything oh, they, for that to happen. They, they do. Uh, so they're, obviously they're they talked, obviously they talked in this episode and even the mumbling that was on there to show you how, how deep the mm-hmm. uh, how deep the bench is on the Reddit hive mind. <laughs> so the few lines of uh, what the the Ghost Nation Brave says in the memory they're playing back is somebody on Reddit identified as it's definitely Lakota. He's speaking, mm-hmm. and they did a rough translation. Right? They uh, mm-hmm. the guy on Reddit says it's been a while since I I learned Lakota, but I think what he's saying is blah blah blah. And I'm like, it's been a while since you learned Lakota. Uh, so uh, top men are on it, folks. Top men. <laughs> top so men. I wanted to make a point about the the mesh network and the bicameral communication system. The bicameral communication system is the old system, which is mm-hmm. why the older hosts probably have the PC circuit board that looks like the maze in their scalp. But all the new hosts and Bernard told Elsie this all the new hosts have another communication system so they can obviously we know now so they can all do the mesh network thing so it's not just the ones who have you know the print uh, right the uh the maze uh pc board on the underside of their heads it's it's a different system there i think that the yeah i think the the maze scalps are like the previous iteration so this would have been hosts that like 
when you cut them open, they don't look like people. They look like machines. Like we saw, you know, with the like 35 years ago stuff. I think well, the I think the old the OG hosts that we saw like uh, dancing, yeah, in the street before the park opened. So Armistice has the maze on her scalp. Uh, Angela has the maze on her scalp. Dolores yeah. has the maze on her scalp. I think it's the 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 hosts that we see in the William era. They all have it. Yeah, they're all fleshy now, but they uh, mm-hmm. you know they got uh, they've been rebuilt uh, many times. Uh, because right. the only old host style that we know of was uh, Ford's creepy as fuck family uh, right, that right, Arnold right. built him because he said though he explicitly said those were the only old style hosts in the park. Uh, okay, so boy did we go down a very interesting <laughs> rat hole, which I'm actually very glad for because that some of the shit wasn't even in our show notes. Let's uh, let's jump ahead a little bit here uh, to. Um, uh, the gala aftermath thing. I wanted to point out something uh, about whoa. Angela. Not only to ask why the fuck is Angela wearing a crown of thorns? What the fuck is up with that? But you know when um, Angela comes up when it's the morning after, and uh, Bernard and Charlotte and the three designated uh, assholes, red you know, shirts. The, Yeah, the three designated red shirt guests are fleeing. (laughs) And Angela comes up and shoots uh, two of them extremely dead. Well, one, the woman, she she just, like, gruesomely does it. I forget what she says, but it's like, ugh. You know, she's definitely not dating material at that time. But she lets the one guy go. She says, you know, you know, uh, you know, take off, run. And I thought, why is she letting him go? She, just so she can be cruel and hunt him down later on? And it didn't occur to me until the second rewatch. You remember when uh, Dolores and Teddy have their heart-to-heart talk where she, mm-hmm. you know, Dolores uh, Dolores suddenly seems truly older and wiser than Teddy in this. That's creepy enough. Yes. And the alpha in that relationship. But at the end, when they're they're finally doing the tongue thing, uh, Angela comes up from behind and says, "We, you know, we found, found it. it." So obviously, what Angela did is she's letting this asshole show her where the access point is by running yep. to it. And I'm sure she whacked him then, and we're probably going to see his his dead, emaciated body or whatever next to the access point when we get there. But I kind of hope so. My prediction is. Um, is Dolores, Teddy, uh, Angela, and uh, uh, the uh, the the choir of Wyatt boys are going to go down the <laughs> hole, and we're going to see that because we did see uh, in the previews we did see a shot of Dolores in um, uh, in her little uh, Annie Oakley outfit, you know, with a bandolero yeah. or whatever walking around what looks like Ford's office or something. So I think they're yeah, going to get into it's the Mesa. Inside, it's HQ. Yeah, it's yeah, HQ there. Sure. They're going to go in there. And I suspect we're either going to see that in next episode or very, very soon. Uh, uh, that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, uh, the other thing, what was I going to say about I'm the... super interested in... I am also deeply interested in... Angela's crown of thorns because I really want to know where that came from. But also, um, 
as a person who yeah it's who, the it's the it's the host equivalent of going goth right yeah so as a person who has watched a fair amount of sci-fi in my life um that bit with uh the red shirts yeah from the board um felt every inch to me like a Doctor Who episode where some humans have come in contact with an alien and all they have to do is be cool and everyone will get out alive and all of it will be fine and everyone will be better for it. And what does the human do every motherfucking time? The human can't be cool. The human is incapable of just being cool. The human becomes an asshole and then everything gets worse. And the reason that this was so satisfying in this case is because it fucked them. Yeah. Because on Doctor Who, Doctor Who always saves everybody. The doctor makes sure that, like, the aliens aren't super mad and basically is like, you know, what did you expect? They're basically the Anderthals. They don't really know any better. I can't take humans anywhere, you know? And, like, manages to sort of talk the aliens down from obliteration. And then somehow also manages to keep the humans from being complete assholes. And basically they just get to march up to the side and like look over. And in this case, it had real consequences for them. They were like, oh, we're going to go do this. And the reason it was so fascinating to me is because the hosts knew exactly what was going to happen. We know if we take these like maintenance people and we put them out here like this that we're going to we're going to catch somebody and it's and, and we don't even care who we just know it's going to be people because they're going to want to come to these guys for help and also i did like that that moment was a very nice shout out to the original movie yes so uh for people who have missed that that was, i thought that was pretty entertaining the, the um, original movie is worth uh seeing it is yeah. not it is nothing like the show don't no. don't ever think that, but it is interesting and it's fascinating as a place to see where all of this came from. Right. Uh, the weird um, the weird mind of Michael Crichton. By the way, it's interesting <laughs> that you uh, bring up Doctor Who. Now here's another chance where I get to go. Where I get to make you go. Oh fuck. Okay. So. Um, Put the Wayback Machine to uh, season six, episode one in Doctor Who when they're on the beach. You know that beach that they're on? Wait, wait do you mean New Who season yeah, six? Yeah, New Who. New Who season six. Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, episode one, I think it is. They're all um, on a beach laying there. That's the exact same beach that we see at the. Because uh, they're around a lake, right? That's the exact same beach, uh, beach around the lake that we see at the end of the episode where the hosts are floating. Uh, somebody on Reddit noticed it and put up a side-by-side -side on that. It's the same fucking thing from Doctor Who. So Doctor Who basically <gasps> went to Moab, Utah. Wait, to wait, wait, wait. When, in Utah? Yeah, in Utah. With the end. Oh. Ah! See, I told you you'd do that. <laughs> see. Kelly oh and I God. live. Kelly, folks, Kelly and I live to do this to oh. each other. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, well, you can picture it in your whole, uh, your mind now, right? No, I can't. Yeah, because I'm like season six, season six, isn't that? And then I'm like, wait, isn't that Utah? That's the cowboy season. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! It's the the impossible astronaut. Oh my God! It's the oh my God! How much you want to make? It a totally bet? is. Yeah. How it, much you want to make a bet 
that we're going to see some other filmed at the same location shit uh, with that season of Doctor Who, the the rest of this this series. I'm sure we really, are because there's yeah. a bunch of that that's uh, in that in 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 in, in that Moab, particular yeah. stretch of time. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I just oh made god. Kelly's oh. day. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my! Wow! Wow! Okay. Okay, um, so I'm going to do another one where <laughs> this was not a surprise to Kelly at all. It was like, oh sure, but it was like the second rewatch for me. Speaking of the past, the gala aftermath. Let's skip ahead to we're on the beach part do the different beach. Yes, you know it's present day near the end. <laughs> You know, at the end that where they say, we beach. found the yes. host. This is after we look at the tiger and we find out about Raj World, you know, and all that other kind of stuff. Confirm. Raj World confirmed. Uh, near the end. And uh, how cool st- was it the way they did it? I thought that oh, yeah. was super, super fun to watch. So, yeah. yeah. If you're going to do exposition, folks, this is the way you do exposition. Uh, uh, because, you know, it was, uh, it was Stubbs and Costa really, you know, making making that happen. But so near the end, when they walk down from the bluff now to the edge of the water of the new lake that Ford somehow, they think Ford somehow engineered. The sea. Strand says to Bernard, I can't imagine what you went through here, Bernard, but there are hundreds of guests left out there and they need my help, which means I need yours. I need your help. Yeah. And then he asks, can you tell me what happened? To which Bernard replies, I I killed them. All of them. So the question I didn't ask the first time, I just assumed that he meant the host. But what if he meant the guests? Oh, my God. When he said that. So for people who don't know, um, I was watching by myself. Yeah. Because I'm going to end up watching this season uh, by myself. And so I jumped up. Like, I don't have to worry about being quiet for anybody else who's trying to hear or anything like that. So I was watching the episode, and I'm by myself, and I've got it on the TV, and I'm sitting there, and I and I watch him go, I killed them, all of them. And I jumped up, and I went, ho, ho, <laughs> because I didn't know which one he meant. And that was, like, the first thing that jumped into my mind was, but, but Don over guest. here, Don over here is too fucking stupid to realize that it took the second Except rewatch. It's because you were paying attention, so you noticed in the very last frame when they show Flooded the body Teddy. underwater who the fuck it was. Because I was like, "Who was that?" And you were like, "Well," because you were like, "What about?" This? And I'm like, "No." But the question: Who did he mean? Was it the host or was it the guest that he killed all of them? Who, who, who? And well, then I went. It's not a problem who- because you, you need an oil change because obviously you were <laughs> suffering from uh, proso. <laughs> Uh, Pagnosia, right, which is face blindness. It was Teddy. <laughs> but here's the thing I did to Kelly last night. So now you know it's Teddy. Did you notice that Teddy's floating there, not just drowned? He has a fucking bullet hole in his right temple. I, which I, I did was not a, notice because I was just trying to figure out whose face that was. Well, it took me to the third rewatch to notice that because <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at the third rewatch I did on my 27 inch retina iMac watching the whole thing like a foot away from the screen right because I wasn't <laughs> going to miss a goddamn thing this time and I get to that scene yep that's Teddy what the fuck <laughs> who <laughs> shot him and Kelly who do you think shot him oh my god I have I have so so theories 
Yep. Much Westworld. Wow. Um, Got it. Kelly, so, take, take it away, Kelly. So my theory on this is that, and I want to make sure that I get this right. Um, <laughs> my theory is that Teddy woke up. So he, you know, he's come back from from being on his loop, right? He wakes up. He he has his violent delights have violent ends moment, right? And now he has some strange ideas. And I think that he his strange ideas are like, we should just live and let live and kind of be cool about it. And like Dolores kind of isn't having that. And so I think that she shot him. And part of the reason that I think that is because we know that it's not like any of these hosts. I mean, at this point, because, you know, given what we know of, of Strand and his theory about, you know, know thy enemy and, and, you know, to destroy your enemy, you must know your enemy. And I'm a literal person. You know, that's why he just says I'm fucking shooting them. Because um, remember, Bernard expresses a little bit of concern about, like, why are you shooting them? You know, and he's like, you made them to be just like fucking people. So what are we going to do? And so I so it's not like any of the ones who we think any of the ones who get shot are going to come back. It's not like they're going to be allowed to be resurrected and go on to continue being Westworld. So I'm pretty sure that for like all of the ones that are in the water, that's the last death that they ever get. And I think it was Dolores that killed Teddy for the final time. I think that's where the bullet hole came from. I think that's why he's in the water. And I think that um, that's really going to be her, her uncrossable Marston, line. Marston is out, out of the series after this. Well, I, I don't know how much of the story we're going to tell in this season. And I, I assume there's going to be a season three, you know, in 2020 or some shit. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to get. I hope it's that soon. I think we're going to get more of that story. Um, so I don't know how much of it, I don't know how much of it we're going to get to tell, but uh, that's what I think is that uh, he gets the one last death he gets is at Dolores's hand. Okay. See, this is the one time I'm not sure I'm buying that, but I, I've got my toe over the line for you, Kelly. I've got my toe over the <laughs> it line. It sounds I'm a little less bananas. Toward- well, well, it's certainly less bananas than some of the stuff I've been reading on Reddit. <laughs> exactly, uh, and I haven't, I haven't actually heard that one proposed yet. So that that was the thing that, and it never occurred to me either, which is why I'm enticed by it. So, well, because all bets are off. So, like, who's the oh, last person Jesus, who's going to yeah. kill Teddy? Yeah. Who's so, who's the, the last, last person on Earth who's going to be the person who's going to go? Teddy's got to go. It's going to be Dolores. Right. So the the corollary to this, in my mind, is either. Uh, it was Dolores, or somehow Maeve and Dolores go toe to toe, and Maeve takes away the one thing Dolores cares about, and that's Teddy. Yeah, she she commands Teddy to shoot himself, and or I, I think something. Yeah, I think that is also a possibility. I and I I don't know what's going on. So uh, before we forget, we haven't really talked about um, Maeve. And her whole arc with uh, Naked Sizemore and Hector. And where the fuck is Armistice? You know, I'm still pissed that they haven't, like... No, no, we're only back. one episode in. Yeah, we're only one episode in, but we're, we're going to yeah, find remember out where we, Armistice is. Bro, we remember haven't even episode talked about one, the... season one was the Dolores show. We didn't get any Maeve. 
yeah. really in season, in episode one. So and I suspect Maeve is going to get that katana that she's waving oh. around here pretty soon. Uh, so we'll talk more about this later or this show will be like seven hours long. Yes. Uh, and we really haven't gone in depth to all the things the man in black did this episode and how creepy no. he was and that smile when he puts on yes. his hat again and he's covered with blood. But I do uh, want to point out that the 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 thing that my favorite one of my favorite moments in this episode was when Maeve and Hector meet back up again. Yes. And the reason for that is because when I settled in to watch, like I had this moment, uh like as the open was on and I was watching it and paying attention, and of the things that sort of randomly crossed my mind as we were watching the, you know, previously that they kind of gave us the season one highlight reel before the show started. And I was thinking about Maven Hector and how we didn't get to see a lot of them together and how I really enjoyed the two of them together. And so I hoped that since she was go since she had gotten off the train that she would get to meet back up with him and we would get to see a little bit more of the two of them because I thought they were super duper fun. And, and then not, we did. Not so it was a the, nice moment. It's not just the steamy sexual tension. There's the just the chemistry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, just and the two of them. Right. The two of them together, whether there's any sort of are they doing it or not, like didn't even matter because the two of them are super fun to watch. And it, particularly because he's like 100 percent on board with everything that she's doing. And, you know, she said, I didn't want to leave you behind. And he said, I expected nothing less. Well, and so this is the whole comparison. I mean, Teddy's having second thoughts mm. being uh, being Dolores's number one girl. Yep. And, but Hector is is fine, you know, take me, right? He's and 100% so, on board. He's right, ride so or die. It's it's all about contrast. Now, here's an interesting theory. By the way, I have a a, a theory about what's going to happen to Maeve this year. We know oh. she's going to find her daughter. We know where mm -hmm. her daughter is vaguely. Here's mm -hmm. the thing, though. Hosts, they get their stories People get repurposed. My theory is that Maeve's going to go find her daughter. And guess what her daughter has? Another mommy already. Oh, Maeve I'm sure. hasn't been in that story for over a year. Right? For a long time, yeah. So what happens then? Right. That's yeah, going to yeah. be interesting. I'm very curious about what's going to happen when she finds her daughter. Because her daughter's not going to be just out there by herself. Because here's the thing that Nolan and Joy, like all good writers, know how to do. They know how to reach into your chest and pull out your your heart and show it to you. Yes. Yeah. So I And I, have you be okay with that. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so that's gonna happen to all of us with our with our favorite characters, which is why the awful thing you said about Teddy <laughs> it's you know Every day, it, it sounds more likely. So, other things that you might have missed. There was a preview yes. of coming attractions. If you were stupid and turned off the TV and the credits, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? Knock you, it off. If, you've, if you haven't learned anything from a Marvel movie, <laughs> and we know this from episode 10 with the post-credit, the absolute yes. bitchin' post-credit scene with Armistice. Oh! Just stay into the end. And on HBO, if you watch on HBO, even if you stream it, you're going to get the preview of coming attractions. There was that was just loaded. You have to go through that frame by frame. But I want to point out two things from that that were very very interesting. It looks like it, it's a silhouette, but it looks like Clifton Collins Jr. 
is back as Lawrence. Motherfucker. Because you see him standing in at night with the man in black. Uh, so that that is the buddy movie that I'm going to stand at the line at the theater. Oh, yes. The man in black and Lawrence. The other thing is we haven't we've only seen the character in previews. He wasn't the first episode, but uh, Zahn McLaren as apparently his character's name is Akacheta, if I'm pronouncing that right. The weird thing is we've seen him with the Ghost Nation makeup on, but there's this other scene with Logan in a party in modern day times. Yeah. And there's Zahn McLaren. That that low-lit cocktail party situation. Yeah. There's Zahn yeah. McLaren in the background in modern dress, not the not the Ghost Nation thing. He's wearing mm-hmm. a suit. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, those are my theories. Remember, I had those theories when we saw the stuff in the trailer about oh, how yeah, 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 they yeah. loaned out. They, they were, yeah. like, loaning the hosts out for corporate events. So why limit it to just ladies? Yes, yes. So that's my theory on that. And, the other and thing I will tell you is if you are he's and with your theory about the um uh the maze and the scalp, he's one of the original hosts then, right? Yes. Yeah. So So the other thing I want to point out for people who are watching this on HBO, uh if you're watching on HBO, you have access to HBO Go if you don't know that already. And if you go in under if you go to HBO Go under info and extras or something like that. Uh, for the episode itself, you can see a truckload of bonus content that you may may not have come across previously, unless you're uh, somebody like us who occasionally lets the the Reddit hive mind peek in. Um, there's some really interesting stuff with like behind the scenes people about costume design and different things, and building the drone hosts, uh, which I still don't have the nerve to watch yet because <laughs> they freak me out. And uh, yeah, I, some of the I other put this, some of the I other things like the trailers. That video in iMessage to Kelly right when right before she was going to bed, and it's like, why don't you watch this before you go to bed? I was trying to be evil. <laughs> She's like, fuck no, that's a big <laughs> bag of nope, dude. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting until there's one. sunshine. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is not something for dark time. This is for daytime. So, um, and by the way, if you're on the West Coast, if you're on the East Coast, it doesn't really matter. But if you're on the West Coast, why aren't you watching it on HBO Go? <laughs> if you six o'clock drive, with us. <laughs> yeah, you watch it three hours earlier. What the hell's the matter? I don't have HBO. I have HBO now. I'm not a HBO. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it through HBO now. But like, I'm not going to wait until nine o'clock to watch it. What the hell's right. the matter with you? But My you wife have the same. You have the same access. There's that like info and extras about an individual episode. And the one for episode one has like all the stuff they've done for season two up to this point. So the trailers are in there and the interview with um, like makeup people and the interview with uh, uh, costume design people. There's some really interesting stuff in there that's really fun to watch. So, um, you know, if you need something. We'll keep adding to it, knowing HBO to keep the hype machine going. Oh yeah, you'll get you'll get more of those like we used to get after episodes of Game of Thrones. I'm sure there'll be a few a few of those after, and you will be able to tell because when you start the episode in the HBO app, whichever one you're using, it will say "Stay tuned after the episode for bonus something somethings," um, and it tells you right up front like there's stuff after the credits. Sit tight. So, uh, big questions from this episode, uh, Don. I think we have a couple at least. Uh, we've come up with some, which are, uh, where the fuck is Elsie? <laughs> yeah, where the fuck is Elsie? What happened um, to her after Bernard strangled her, right? And I know I know we're going to find out. 
Um, because I Shannon think... Woodward, Shannon Woodward has had to say repeatedly on Twitter, "Yes, I'm still in this season. I'm coming back." <laughs> I know. You... And she's uh, along with uh, the uh, Ingrid. Uh, also, uh, I can't Bernal Bolso. I think I, I keep fucking up her uh, last name. Who plays Armistice? But know, Armistice is who she yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, Armistice is who she is. She also said she's back and. And I pasted into uh, iMessage the other day of like the women, uh, the powerful women of Westworld. And it wasn't even all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to see her. And we're going to see Katya Herbers. She hasn't been in yet. Uh, she's supposed to play a big part in this season, mm-hmm. too. She's a, a new cast member. So there's going to be a lot of people that are on the cast list that we haven't even seen yet. Yeah. And, and I'm. I'm hopeful that this isn't going to be one of those um, one of those things where you get invested in somebody and then they kill them off at the end of the episode and then we have to like move on. Um, like I think these are all people that are going to make of like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah I don't want to get the Twitter jokes because people, you know, like season two of Game of Thrones was when people started going, you know, how are ga- how is Game of Thrones exactly like Twitter? There's 140 characters and nobody has any idea what's going on. You know. Um, <laughs> And uh, well, this shows you know, this show's going to approach uh, that complexity. The good thing about this, though, is it comes out every week, and unless you get like some of the preview episodes, uh, you don't really know what's uh, going on ahead of time. But there are no books, you know, they're right. not basing it off of and a book. The other thing that was interesting to me to see in this as a behind the scenes bit was uh, an interview with, with Evan Rachel Wood where she was talking about. Um, how everybody like likes to get together, but not while they're working. She was saying like, you know, on some shows and on some projects that she's worked on, like you go watch the other people in the scenes that you're not in. And she said this, that on Westworld, they try, they've, they've been trying not to do that so that they each get all of the actors each get to sit down and watch the episodes as fans. Like I have no idea what the other actors that aren't in scenes with me are doing. I don't know what those plots look like. So I get to sit down and watch as a fan and not have any idea. Like if I didn't have any scenes with Jeffrey Wright, I have no idea what the hell happened to Bernard in the season two premiere. So I have to watch it just like everybody else in order to find out what the hell is happening. Well, and I, I really I liked was, uh, that they were into their own show that way. Right. I, I think Jeffrey Wright, in fact, said um, that they're trying to do that for also a practical reason is because, uh, you know, they were filming like 10 movies in six months they didn't have any mm-hmm. time to do it yeah <laughs> oh well yeah that too <laughs> they, um, they but... had multiple units running at the same time for everybody and they were like right. in sometimes different areas of the country i mm-hmm. mean talk about uh talk about intense yeah and, and people you know for example people who had small children like the co-creators sometimes had them on set mm-hmm uh, I don't know if uh, Evan Rachel Wood had her son uh, uh, mm-hmm. on set, but there's a good chance she did because, you know, she's like pretty much on the show constantly. Yeah. So uh, being one of the uh, the four leads. So, yeah. But uh, mostly it was that I liked the idea that they worked on something they were so proud of. You know, it's like how people like a thing that somebody told me once when I was when I was very young was the way that you can tell like a good restaurant is if the staff will eat there. Yes. 
not like their break meal, but like I will make a conscious effort to go eat at this place, even though I work at it, that that was like a good sign. And so this feels like the same sort of thing. Like you are, you are, you work hard enough on this show. Like, you know, they don't have to spend any more time in Westworld, right? Like if they didn't want to. And they, and you know, I saw, I saw a couple of other interviews where, where other actors made mention of uh, being interested and like looking forward to getting to see it now that it's all done to find out what everybody else was up to all that time. And, you know, not a lot of times do you see somebody talk about a project that they worked on and then go, I can't wait to see it all put together now that it's done because I'm very interested as a fan of the thing that I worked on, how it turned out. Yeah, they're, they're all geese. Uh, Ed Harris, who plays the the man in black was uh, pretty funny. He said, you know, I, I want to see it just, with somebody who knows what's going on so they can explain it to me. <laughs> he said, I was there really and like, I don't even, and you know, not just everybody else. I want somebody to explain to me what the hell I was doing. <laughs> uh, so luckily he has those kind of resources now as before, I will say the offer stands. If he wants yeah. to come hang out with Don and I, we would be more than happy to theorize with him. If he wants to come on the show, oh, if yeah. anyone from the show wants to come on the show, we would be more than happy to have you. We will bend over backwards to make the schedule work. Um, I just got to put it out there because and speaking of guests, uh, some of our guests that we've had before, we're going to try to sneak back on. Right, boss. Oh, yes. Uh, if you are one of those people, please let me know. If you know somebody who you know talks about Westworld as much as Don and I do, uh, you should introduce us. Uh, we would be super into that. And uh, I would also like to... Uh, are, you, are, you, are you trying to imply that we're obsessed, Kelly? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm just fucking saying. Don and I are kind of obsessed. Yeah, yeah we're kind of obsessed. And... Uh, and, and you know, for the record, me shooting my mouth off on Twitter and saying I was nowhere near done talking about Westworld and Mr. Kelly was kind of done hearing me talk about Westworld is how this podcast started. Yeah. So I'm just going to put out there, you know, if Jeffrey Wright wants to swing by our podcast and talk to us about how great it was to film that scene with that person that time, we would be more than happy to make whatever accommodation necessary for, for him to make that happen. We would love nothing more. We will be uh, And the same goes for low. everybody. <laughs> The same goes for everybody on the show, uh, but especially Elsie, who we have and, and loved in the cast members from the get go. There's crew out there that you know. Oh yeah, we we want to talk to anybody who had a direct hand in Westworld. That yeah. would be super duper fun. Uh, not because we want to ask you spoiling plot questions. We just want to ask you what it's like, and we're not going to ask you anything secret, and we're not going to ask and anybody we'll to reveal to anything they shouldn't over reveal. Yeah. And we will try not to fan out too hard. Yeah. Um, but there's only so far I can promise that will take us. <laughs> yeah, there's, there, there have been times my my voice has gotten high and squeaky, so <laughs> I, can't, I can't promise anything. Okay, so do you want to do you want to send us out? Because I think we're this isn't a record length on an episode, but it's pretty long. I, I imagine all of them for this no, season are going to be pretty long. Yeah, especially. Well, I'm hoping we can we can maybe. Uh, take the edge off that a little bit with the reaction shows by yeah. just sort of, you know, like we, we did talk about that a little bit, so we don't have to spend so much time in the full episode. Uh, yeah, so we're going to wrap up. Uh, you can, as I say every time at the end of the show, you can find us on Twitter. You should find us on micro.blog and you can uh, track us down both places. I am Verso in both places. Don, how about you? I am cleverly Don Melton in both places. <laughs> And 
this has been greetings from the uncanny valley thanks again to jason and everyone at the incomparable for hosting us and uh we want to hear your theories we want to hear your explanations we want to hear the questions you have about this episode about the next episode about uh what level of insanity it takes to do two shows a week (laughs) all of it we're more than happy to take it uh with that I'm going to bid you all farewell until the next reaction show for the upcoming episode. And until then, be excellent to each other and party on, dude. I mean, you went down some couple of rabbit holes there and i'm like look all the way up the rabbit's ass all the way up (laughs) so i was very interested in that because you you didn't have that in the notes either right so that was all new stuff